They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur. All right, well, welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. I'm Erin Greger. I'm Courtney Radloff. And today we have another very special guest. I say that every week, but you are special, Cheyenne. <laughs> Uh, oh, thank you. We have Cheyenne Smith here, and Cheyenne is a two-time entrepreneur with Black Hive Media and Dakota Ridge. So, uh, Cheyenne, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're having, very happy to have you. So to start off, I know like right before we hit record, you were telling us about how you went into Goldman Sachs as one company. You came out with that company still intact, but another company in tow. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your journey of, you know, you've had Black Hive Media for a while and what led to the next venture and, and how that path kind of worked its way out? Yeah, so this is all really important to me and hits home kind of with my whole mission around women in business, especially mothers or parents in general. Um, I come from, you know, the corporate world nine to five. I worked at agencies. I worked in-house. Um, I had just a lot of those quote unquote office jobs, uh, had my daughter, you know, went on the three month maternity leave, the minimal maternity leave that, that was offered. Um, I took the maximum that I could, but you know, three months to me seemed so minimal with, a, with a little baby at home. Um, and literally just couldn't bring myself to go back to work it, it's a choice you know it's a choice it's a personal choice some mothers love leaving and going back to work some don't um, I had every intention of being that person that was going to go back to work um, I never saw myself as a stay-at-home mom um, but financially I was the breadwinner in my family so I had to come up with a way to supplement my income um, on the back end so that I could stay home with my daughter so I came up with this idea for Black Hive Media, uh, really focusing on paid digital advertising for local businesses. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of local businesses don't know that it can be affordable and scalable and efficient, especially on local markets. So that was kind of my whole uh, spiel at the beginning, I guess. Um, I signed my first client within 24 hours. The goal was only to make $1,000 a month. And in six months, we hit six figures. Wow. So I was working with this baby, like literally attached to me, like mm -hmm. taking meetings and pitches and then COVID happened. So everyone was working from home. But I think at first it was a little different jumping on calls and being like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm a new mom. Here's my baby. Um, but it all worked out. And I think COVID, as negative as that was for a lot of business, there was a lot of positive shifts, especially mm -hmm. for working parents um, during that transition. So I was very lucky in that regards that everyone was extremely respectful and understanding during the whole process. Um, sorry, that was kind of like a long spiel. So no, 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 no. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. You kind of got a little bit of a journey. So we, we expected long. So yeah. don't don't apologize. Yeah. Okay. The journey is, I mean, and the journey's ever going, right? Like the journey never stops. Mm -hmm. um, so we scaled really quickly. I ended up growing out of local businesses. I still do have a couple local business clients, but I, I really had a background in e-commerce. So I started taking on a lot of scaling e-commerce businesses. Mm -hmm. And I was watching how fast these product businesses were scaling and how easy it was to just run ads, gain that awareness. And then the snowball effect was happening. 
So I was making all of my clients money and I was like, well, I want a piece of the pie. Yes. So <laughs> I jumped into the product side of things. I have zero background in sourcing and manufacturing, like zero shipping and logistics. It was totally, you know, throwing a dart at a board. And I honestly completely missed like the first year. Um, so that's where Dakota Ridge was born is I'm obsessed with cowboy boots. I was trying to find rain boots for my daughter and I couldn't find anything that was like relatively gender neutral. Everything was like pink and glittery and unicorns puking for the yeah. girls or like bugs and trucks and Spider-Man for the boys, which is cool. My daughter loves Spider-Man, but I wanted something that was um, really simple and could be stylish at the same time, also durable and cleanable and also all weatherproof. So it was 2020 it was like december at 3 a.m i couldn't sleep in one of those like entrepreneur creative like holes that i feel like we all get into mm -hmm. um came up with the idea called one of my best friends the next morning to do the branding and he was like let's do it and then started down the rabbit hole um that was in 2020 i didn't get product until october of 2022 so almost uh yeah, oh. two, year, two and a half years later. What took so long? Was it just getting the prototypes or getting the prototypes right? Both. I think, um, you know, again, I, there's a lot of things looking back I wish I would have known, but I also think that the learning process in, in these scenarios is so important, especially as we grow and scale and start new businesses. So I don't regret it, but um, not only, I mean, it was 2020, so we're shipping and manufacturing from China, which, you know, shut down every three months so that was a nightmare um i think in the past a lot of the qc was happening like in china itself so we were constantly waiting for things to be shipped back and forth which obviously had timelines so yeah um 2020 really put, put a wrench in it and then a lot of what i was experiencing was i am an analyst and i know what i want in my head but creatively i don't know how to explain that so there was a lot of communication issues on my end because I didn't know how to build the molds or the 3D models or, you know, any of yeah. that stuff. So every time they would show me something, I'd be like, no, not right, not right, not right. And it, but I didn't know how to explain what I wanted. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious too, um, did you send them a concept? Did you, were you drawing something or were you just writing, I just want a cowboy boot? that it, did you or did you write it out in plain form <laughs> so part of the other issue is they don't exist cowboy rain boots for kids don't exist no. we were the first to market um so they have adult styles of you know western cowboy waterproof rain boots i guess yeah um and we would ship them to the factory and say this is what we want but in child sizes but a child's foot shape is so different so there was a lot of miscommunication around like how to make this child friendly versus still hold the Western, you know, the pointed toe and we want the kids to be able to slip it on and, you know, fat little baby feet, which are so cute, but yeah. they just are different than regular shoes. So it was a whole nightmare. And then we are, I was self-funded. I just got my first business loan because of Golden Sachs 10 KSB like two months ago. So fully self-funded. So I was trying to do it like cheap and fast. And I think from a sampling perspective, I was in my brain looking at the numbers versus, okay, what in six months is going to save me the most money? Yeah. So there was a lot of um, education that needed to happen on my part from that side as well. So when did you enter the program? It was Q4 of last year is when I graduated. 
Okay. November. Yeah. I, met- I graduated November of last year. Okay. Because okay. that must have been the time that I was initially introduced to you because I, you know, we, I have a company called uh, Weld and Wool with my business partner, Danielle, and we have um, some places in Temecula and in Marietta. And she was like, look at these boots. And then y'all started communicating. And then she's like, you're not going to believe this, Courtney. She's a Goldman grad. And I was like, wait, it's yeah. on. Um, but it's, I, I thought you were in it for like maybe last year. So coming out of fresh, what was, I mean, this is, and I'm like trying my yeah, train six of thoughts. Months, yeah. yeah, six months. What's been like um, alone, business, business alone. alone. Yeah, yeah what else has changed? Like what else changed your dynamic, like mindset from going in to coming out? So this is like, I'm going to give you a financial and then an emotional one. Love it. <laughs> so emotionally, I was going into Goldman Sachs 10 KSB with a lot of feelings around not feeling um, like good enough. Like I had a ton of imposter syndrome growing yeah. into it because there were some people in that class that like, at least in my cohort, that were like multi-million dollar business software owners. And I'm like, I barely pay my bills monthly. Like, what am I? I don't belong here. Um, no one's going to care what I have to say. I have nothing, you know, to contribute. Yeah. I went in there and, you know, it's always kind of awkward. It's like the first day of school where everyone's like trying to, you know, read everybody, see like where the clicks are. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the end of it, we all um, were really close. Like we all cried and did like, you know, the circle group, mm-hmm. popcorn, thank yous. Um And I think I can truly say that without a doubt, the best thing that I got from that was being able to see eye to eye with other entrepreneurs, even though we're in different businesses, different industries, different financial categories, like we started different ways. Some people didn't even start their businesses, they inherited them or they bought them, right? And to know that I'm not alone in some of those feelings that I was feeling like day to day is so huge. And um, one of the girls in my cohort, she's not a girl, the woman, excuse me, in my cohort that was actually in like my smaller group, I consider her such a mentor. Um, And she texts me all the time how proud of me she is. And I'm like constantly crying. Like it's just the support alone, Mm -hmm. I think was worth every second that I invested into that program. I love that you thought that you were... not uh what was the word that you used well not worthy not worthy when you had already built a six-figure business (laughs) and few butts and right (laughs) let me tell you too like that i mean i know hindsight's being 2020 and we're looking at everybody but the knowledge you had just you saying i could watch i I saw how easy it was to scale an e-commerce brand like anybody in that room would be salivating like i need her knowledge like how the hell do you run ads and grow with ads and you know what i mean yeah, like, i have like, like, questions yeah yeah but yeah but yeah and then you said there was a financial side too mm-hmm. how did that look i you know i was and i still am but i'm working at getting better at it um just based on what i learned in the class is i'm one of those people that just like doesn't look at the bank account i'm like mm, well we'll see if the credit card can <laughs> um so financially like going in actually calculating like my true gross margin after shipping you know after the warehouse payments after my employees like looking at um the financial documents but then on top of that the loan i was having such trouble finding funding because again i was self-funded so i put the entirety of my family's savings to pay for my first round of products it's not cheap you know moqs are expensive as all heck and then shipping in general in 2022 Mm -hmm. was inflated beyond belief so literally like 
liquidated all my bank account, um, mm. which I learned now you always lend against that money. Again, something hindsight's 2020. Yeah. But <laughs> um, financially, you know, being aware of the numbers, how to read the numbers, and then also having the contacts of being able to know which financial opportunities they are, there are for you to apply to, whether it's grants, whether it's, we have something called the Utah Microloan Fund here, which is for businesses that don't have six months of profitability, which I didn't at the time. Um, so we were able to continue the business because without knowing any of that or having access to those funds, my businesses would die next month. Like I wouldn't be able to order a new product. And puts a really yeah. interesting thing is that there is so much opportunity, but unless you know somebody yeah. who's going to say, hey, like these are the opportunities, how else are you going to find it? Or it's mm -hmm. terrifying too. Like yeah. even if you know, like how many people have signed their company away or, yes. you know, signed onto the right things, yes. you may know, but it's also like, is this worth it? Should I just keep limping along mm -hmm. and doing it myself or is, is this worth it? And that's where I loved you know, I know we have resources through our Goldman program mm -hmm. just that I could call today and be like, hey, what should I do? And she would, oh. I know, I mean, she'd push me in an absolute direction I would trust. But finding those people can be hard. Really hard. I think you have to even go through a few that take you down the wrong path yeah. to, to know the difference. Um, okay. Something that we said a lot in that class that kind of always stood out to me, and I can't remember who said it. I wish I could shout him out. But it's it's we don't know what we don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. Like if I didn't know, we just, I just don't even know what I don't even know at this point. So, you know, Goldman really put that stuff in a really clean, easy to digest uh, 16. Mine was 16 weeks. Um, and it's still I mean, I'm still learning and accessing those like you're saying those resources mm -hmm. weekly, probably mm -hmm. Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pop onto the app from time to time, even even if someone else outside of the network is like, oh my gosh, I'm looking for a great accountant or I'm yeah. looking for someone who can mm -hmm. put me down the right path. It's like, why wouldn't we share? Because it's only gonna build their business too. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does it look like right now for you with the two businesses? So what's your balance like on those? I'm not gonna ask for work-life balance because I hate that question, <laughs> but the balance of your two businesses right now starting one from scratch and then you've got one established that hopefully you're not as involved in on a day-to-day -day. and you know i struggle with delegation and the other thing i had to learn really fast and dirty that goldman did help me with as well is learning the difference between like a product-based business versus a service-based business mm -hmm. so i've been live i've been doing digital advertising since you know 12 13 years now so it's second nature to me and training that is near impossible. So I'm still involved heavily on the Black Hive side just because, you know, people are buying my experience when they come in mm -hmm. versus, you know, yeah. the agency model. And I want to keep it that way. That's how I was able to scale so fast was just, you know, you're working with me, not somebody there where I sell you and then I pass you on to an account manager. Um, so I am still very active day to day. It did take a lot of, um, convincing in my own head to raise my rates. Cause you know, as I'm growing as a business owner, my time's getting more expensive. So mm -hmm. that has helped a little bit on my end. Um, it's just valuing my time at a higher rate, which people are still willing to pay. So that's yeah. good for me. Um, on the Dakota Ridge side, we're all kind of learning. So I have a team of two other women specifically that are helping me. And it's really just, we meet weekly, we go over, you know, roadblocks. Is there anybody else that could help with these roadblocks? You know, 
what are you working on? What am I working on? Any brainstorm on this problem? Do you want to switch problems? So there's fresh eyes. <laughs> um, it's been really interesting because again, I'm so new to the product side. I can run ads like the back of my hand, but when it comes to, you know, dealing with wholesale buyers, like getting in front of wholesalers, you know, I ran into Courtney at WeBank yeah. conference and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, just leaning one, leaning on other entrepreneurs has been really helpful on Dakota Ridge side and like talking with people and everyone through the Goldman program has been so willing to share information and like, make sure I don't stumble too hard. I'm going to stumble, but make sure I don't break my nose. Maybe I just skin my knee. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'm really bad at delegation, but I think what I have to say to that question is really uh, evaluating my time, making sure that I'm getting the value from clients on the Black Hive side so that I do have free time to start learning the Dakota Ridge side so then I can pass that stuff off because that's my ultimate goal is to have a massive team on Dakota Ridge that I trust wholeheartedly, but I want to make sure that I understand how the business is going to run and have input on those systems and processes as it grows. Absolutely. So what do you think is the biggest like nugget of information that you took from your advertising business and put it into uh, Dakota Ridge? I mean, I'm a number like my art is my numbers. I'm a numbers girl. And this is like something that I, I, I don't like to brag, but I do brag about it because I think it was really cool. So we got our product October 30th. We launched ads November 1st first and and it was black friday right so super high consumer sales time but in the month of november we had boots in 47 states and did 22,000 in revenue in one week just from ads okay i love that so this may be an ignorant question though because on that i'm curious like you've got the ad thing down i'm sure you're getting a great um you know a, a great rate on the conversion and all of that what are your what what now is the balance between wholesale and the direct to consumer cuz i mean i feel like you since you the ad thing is the hardest thing people how do i get direct to consumer but that's your biggest margin right mm-hmm. so i'm curious how you're figuring out that balance and is wholesale worth it to you it is for me just because i want to scale fast and dirty unfortunately we're first okay. to market you know, yeah. at some point, I think if we do get big enough, we're going to get copied. Like I'm, I'm, it's not how it's when in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure we're establishing ourselves as the brand and the fastest way to scale is wholesale. So, um, I'm pushing, I'm leaning really heavily into wholesale, but again, I have to learn, right? Because there's 99 net terms. Where's that cash flow coming from? You know, which, uh, back in, there's all these third-party platforms you have to be in. You have to like work the buyers. You got to work the diversity people. You got to work and make all these relationships. And it's such a longer tail game than me saying, hey, here's an ad. I'm going to sell you a pair of boots. So um, it's been difficult. I'd like to get to a point where we're 70-30, 70% consumer, direct-to-consumer, 30% wholesale. But if we scale the way I want to scale and get into some of these larger brick and mortars, um, I'm hoping, you know, who, who knows? It could be 50-50. It could be 70-30 split the other way. Um, some of these big fish, I can feel their their interest. They haven't um, been caught yet, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just persistence. Oh, 100%. It's, it's, per- it's a long game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, sells all. Are you in any big stores now? Or any no, stores? No. Okay. Just 
just the boutiques, which we've, um, you know, as I'm sure you kind of heard, we uh, pride ourselves on our relationships and keeping in contact, especially like our um, Instagram following has grown a lot. We went from like 300 to 8,000 in six months. Um, and we, t I answer all the DMs myself. Like if you're talking, it's 99% me. Like I comment back on everybody. I have friends, like mom friends I've never even met that have bought our boots. It's mm. really about creating that community um, and making sure that they feel supported because it's been really interesting on the customer service side. I, I actually answer all the customer service emails too right now. Um, like it's me fixing your problem. Yeah. Um, and people actually really respect it. And it's been an interesting kind of case study because the emails that we get are really um, short and snappy and they don't feel taken care of. But the second I respond, it's like, oh my gosh, thank you for responding. Mm -hmm. Like, that was so quick. You fixed the problem. I just think people are used to like the Amazon model where no one's talking to them. You're getting your crap in two days. If it's broken, you get another crap in two days. Mm -hmm. um, and... I don't know. I feel like it's made our brand that much stronger because we are actually talking to these people. Well, and they feel in our customers. They feel engaged in your success. Like if you're the bigger you grow, it's like, well, I had, you know, Dakota Rich boots right when they came out, mm -hmm. right? And then mm -hmm. they're going to buy them for their friends' kids or maybe, you know, their kids grow up. It, it, it that's how a a legacy create or a brand creates a legacy is that you that customer service. And maybe you don't answer the calls all the time, but you'll get to that. Yeah. You know, that you, you exactly. should hop on there from time to time. Yeah. I do. And, and back to, do you? I do. And go back to the point of like learning the systems and processes. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to hear how people are coming at mm -hmm. the brand. How can we solve the problem? Okay. This is the tone of voice we have. This is how we treat them. Like, then I'm in control of all of that. And then I can pass the baton. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you set a standard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, so you said that you have two team members working on Dakota Ridge. How many staff members do you have for Black Hive? Um, they're split. Okay, <laughs> got two, it. Two people that are split between two companies with me. Um, one of the girls, I would say 99% of her time is on Dakota Ridge. Mm -hmm. And then my second employee, she's probably split 50-50. Um, I've thought, you know, Going through the Goldman program, my growth plan was actually to split Black Hive into more of a like course offering coaching type of system where you sign up for my knowledge. It's all turnkey. There's lead funnels, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I love talking to my clients. Like I like I mentioned, like it's me. I'm sitting on the phone calls and maybe it's not the best use of my brain power currently, but it's something that I enjoy and kind of what brought me here. So I don't necessarily want to give up on that and turn it into like the standard lead funnel that you get ads for every two hours on Instagram. Yeah. So what are your big goals for Dakota Ridge? Where do you want it? What's what's next for it? Like what's part of the plan for like the next year? I've been saying this thing in my head, five mil in five years. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So that's that. like my manifestation, like my affirmation, five mil in five years. So I want to have a company evaluated at $5 million in five years. Awesome. Yeah. And, and maybe it'll be higher, but who knows? And is that, are you focused on the Dakota Ridge part of that being the five mil? Is that where you're going to like really mm -hmm. double down on the growth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's been funny since the Goldman Sachs class, um, 
Black Hive, the conversation was, you know, in my mind, I was going to sunset Black Hive to kind of that lead funnel. Black Hive's grown since I've graduated. Goldman Sachs, too. Like, it's been great. What would you say needs to change? I know you're focused on the the wholesale, and that's a big part. But where you are right now, what are those big hurdles you're focused on overcoming to get to that five mil place? Inventory. Just having enough? to sell having enough cash flow to be able to keep ordering inventory it that's been the biggest thing i've had to learn um that's why i mentioned if i didn't get that loan i mean i can i show you guys yeah let's do it yeah um this was covered with boxes and we are almost empty wow so you know not having the cash flow to continue to order inventory um is definitely where I need to focus on most to continue to scale. We just placed our order for our second round of shoes. Um, we had some sizing issues, which again, I think we would have been, we would have caught if I nutted up the money from the beginning to get all the sizes and literally like posted on Instagram. Hey, I need a child's four or five, a child's six, seven, like let's test these. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that. Um, so the next round of inventory, we have fixed little kid sizes. We expanded sizes into big kids. So we're going to have a full kids range all the way up to technically a women's five. I'm so and then we've pumped. also added a brown based on consumer feedback. Oh, that's genius. I'm so stoked about the um, going into uh, they're not little kids. There's toddlers, whatever. My daughter toddlers to kids. Yeah. And yeah. when you were like, oh, here's a, 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 a you can have these boots when I saw you at Wessa. And I was like, oh, my daughter's feet are huge. You know, I don't want to take them, save them for someone else. But as soon as you get them, please send I'll buy them. <laughs> They're adorable. Thank you. So that's really exciting. And the molds are really expensive. So the fact that we now own the molds for little kids all the way to big kids, we can start pumping yeah, right. out inventory a lot faster as well. We're also in the process of building out a crowdfunding campaign. We haven't decided which platform we're going to use for the adult sizes. So we just shot our first uh, test adult shoes just so we could get the crowdfunding going yep and we're hoping to launch adult sizes either end of this year or next year at least have them ordered girl i am so proud of you i'm so excited (laughs) so what are you choosing between because i i'm curious if i've i've only heard of kickstarter so i'm what other platforms are out there for that so indiegogo is another one and i've actually okay done some client work on indiegogo um again using paid advertising there's some secret sauces to kind of hack the algorithm to get your indiegogo on the first page and my assumption is i can use that same um, strategy on kickstarter i'm going back and forth on the two mainly just because um on kickstarter if you're not fully funded you don't get any of it which kind of scared me and it's very like limited on the time indiegogo has time constraints but i think you're able to you a little bit differently on the funding i just need to do a little bit more research but there's pros and cons because kickstarter is the most well-known and yeah. i think the most um people feel the most safe donating mm-hmm. to because unfortunately with those type of platforms is there's no guarantee you're going to get the product yeah which i mean i hope when people listen to me and talk with me like they know that the product is going to go into their hands one way or another or i will refund them yeah. um, but i think people shy away from those campaigns sometimes just because you know, you're kind of donating to a cause that unknown if you're going to get anything back. Yeah. And I have a question, too, on the first to market, because I think it's really awesome to be able to say no one's done this before. And, you know, have you had 
uh, like things that have come up though because you're first to market where people are like tr- like what is this or trusting you know if they've never seen something like this before it, it's i can see it's not like super out of the crate like yeah. this crazy concept but it still is something brand new have you had it is that anything that's bumped up against that where people are like trusting that this is going to feel the way I want it to feel or look the way I want it to feel or, you know, all of those types of things or something that's never been done before. We've been really lucky that I feel like different subsets or um, like different audience segments have really uh, like been attracted to the boots, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So we have been super successful in like the Western agricultural industry, which Mm -hmm. I thought they would shy away from us just because we're not in that industry. Um, I don't know anything about agriculture or like running a farm. I mean, I'm a poser in that sense, right? But um, they love us. They've welcomed us with open arms and they've been really open to that as well as providing feedback around like, hey, maybe make this a little stronger. or Hey, can we get like thicker soles, et cetera. Um, But overall, you know, people have come to me and said this is like a duh idea. Like, why doesn't this exist? Yeah, yeah. So like no negative, it's more like what, like. I don't understand how you were the first. No, it's a great idea. I am am a farm girl, and I'll tell you, like, even, you know, bringing my kids back home to my parents' farm and stuff, it's always, it's rain boots. That's what you had to, you know, like, because it's, you know, it's, if it rains at all, it's muddy, it's gross, and it's just the fact that it's a cute concept outside of just a standard rain boot is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a great idea. Well, Adler, we went um, berry picking last weekend, and she wore her... Uh, cowboy boots and I would have shied away from that had you know yeah I chose something different <laughs> yeah exactly um okay so you're gonna you're moving into new sizes are you gonna stick with boots is that the plan I already have ideas <laughs> like rattling around in this brain yeah um so I want to launch a full range little kids all the way to adult boots um we made this the uh design really simple with the uh expectation that down the line in our mold we can actually uh inject like designs and patterns so i want to go outside of just standard colors i want to add like stars and horseshoes and glitter and like there's so many things we can do now that we have a full range of molds Mm -hmm. so i'd like to have uh, a larger number of SKUs, and then go into soft goods i've had this like little scribble drawing because again i'm not a fashion designer of uh like a rain jacket that's leather Uh but it's it's waterproof leather with like fringe that can be removed and like super stylish but also back to the weather weatherproofing so it kind of fits within the brand Mm -hmm. um also my daughter has jackets that like when she was younger when she was two there's just like gunk everywhere so if i could just like wipe that off of something Mm -hmm. cool better than a jean jacket that just has applesauce for two years right yeah (laughs) or you put it in the wash and it shrinks yeah yeah it gets all weird when they wash them yeah so uh okay i'm actually curious about the molds because you're not physically there so you're taking their word for it that it's being constructed the way that you want it how much back and forth actually happened with the creation of the molds um so the first round i actually hired an agency to kind of help oversee that i was really scared of being ripped off from the beginning so i there was this agency that i hired had a sister agency that was actually boots on the ground in china 
Um, And we looked at other countries. China's just the rubber, you know, it's the manufacturing hub of the world. We tried more than anything to get them made in the U.S. We just don't have the capabilities here in the U.S. to do rubber injection and the fabric all in one factory like we've tried. But anyways, with the with having international manufacturing during COVID, where in the past you would go QC them yourself, make sure the molds are good. Mm -hmm. You would, you know, sit there, feel them. Um, we were doing Zoom calls. We were doing emails. Um, overall, what I'm doing this round, I guess. So like I mentioned before, I only got one sample and we were sampling the the color and the shape and I and that was it. And I approved them. So that's kind of where some of those missteps were on the sizing issues. This time around, I'm having them run samples for all the sizes and all the colors so that we can double check that the sizes are to our standard and fixed. Um, and then, you know, moving forward with the designs, it, again, I, I'm willing to pay for those samples because I think it's a, it's a investment up front that'll save me. It would have saved me thousands of dollars down the line yeah. if I would have just spent that $1,200 up front. Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. You want to do rapid fire? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So these are just some, I'm not good on my feet. I'm oh, scared. No, no, I sent these to you. You're good. <laughs> Well, maybe you didn't read them. Okay, it's totally cool. You can say, I don't want to answer this, and we have no judgment, and we'll just remove the question. It's uh, Favorite beverage? Right now, I've been drinking Olipop. What flavor? I don't know this. Strawberry vanilla. It's like a... Um... What's... They're like probiotic Thank you. That's natural sodas. I stopped drinking recently, and I literally just have all these fancy drinks all the time that are like nootropic. I'm probably saying that word wrong. Adaptogen, like probiotic. So is it like a kombucha or not a kombucha? Because it's probiotic. Okay, I, it's like a probiotic soda. I, I yeah, gotta try I, this soda. I will tell you. It's I don't really drink good. either, so this is. It's, I always need options. It's really good. Ooh. I got a tummy ache from it. Okay. Because I think it was like too much probiotic. It was, it was, it was working. The self yeah. all the way, right? <laughs> the other one I love is Kin. Have you had Kin? No. no. Bella Hadid's. No. Um, they're like little adaptogen drinks and there's like calming or energy or like heart chakra. They're The branding is exquisite and I highly recommend them, but they're like $5. So it's just as much as an alcoholic drink. But Bella Hadid made it, so I mean, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the best advice you've ever been given? Oh, that's a lot. Um, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Simple to the point. Is simple. It's, it's so hard. Oh, right. gosh. Like, are so you hard. listening? Yeah. Self? <laughs> I just told you yesterday. I probably uh, said that because I needed a reminder. Cause... It's right. <laughs> Every day. All day. Uh, if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? Ooh, Michelle Obama. Ooh. Okay, but why? I'm always curious. We ask that question, and I'm always like, but why? I just... She, I don't know. Is that too political? Maybe no, that's a No, reason. not at all. No. Okay, I, like, I don't know. I just want to know her arm routine. <laughs> I want her arm. Honestly, for you asking why, I went straight to her arm. Because <laughs> she has such great biceps. Yes. Um, but I also think she carries herself so well and she yeah. speaks so eloquently, not only about mm-hmm. her views, um, and she's always so 
um, she stands her ground on what her view is without being disrespectful. And I think that's really hard in this day and age. Again, she just holds herself so well. So to learn um, how she does that and take any advice from her on standing firm in her beliefs, but also being respectful. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's a, that was the best. That was the best answer. I love that. Well, uh, your morning routine. Coffee, unfortunately. No. Every day, right when I wake up, I do <laughs> coffee and collagen protein. And this is maybe more of a manifestation or an affirmation as I want to go on a walk every morning before I even check my phone. Because I'm one of those terrible people with my coffee that checks my emails immediately. So that's my routine. But I am holding myself to what I'm saying on this podcast. We're going to change it. Oh, I'm on my whatever date it was today, the 8th, 9th. I'm on my ninth day. I've walked three miles a day since June because I was like, that's it. I have to have some time for myself. But I was commuting before to take my yeah. daughter to school. So it's I didn't have that time. And so much stuff slipped because of that. So I'm I'm here for you. I'll cheer you on. You'll get a text. <laughs> um, what are you reading right now? Oh, don't judge me, but I just started that Verity book. Uh, it's like a dra dramatic novel. It's not like business related at all, but I was reading all of these self-help books and I was like, I need something juicy. No, you need a break everywhere. Like if I do a lot of business <laughs> or self-help, I'm like, I just yeah. need something mind numbing right now. Like just, yeah, hundred percent. Juicy yeah, yeah. drama. Yeah. Verity. Okay. I'm gonna look it up. I love books. Uh, your top bucket list item. So I, my dream, and this is just where my brain went first, is to go to Nepal. Mm. Yeah. Travel to Nepal with my daughter. I love that. Uh, and a guilty pleasure. That you don't have oh, to feel guilty gosh. about. Yeah. Uh, I do. It's Vanderpump Rules recently. All right. I'm just going to say... <laughs> I was very proud of it because I don't know what's happening in this Tom scandal and I'm going to keep it that way. And I'm very I'm like, I have no idea who these people are and I don't want to know. And I'll never know. I'm getting like glimpses of it, glimpses of it on TikTok, but I refuse. I have not a clue. So either of your time. I've never watched the show. I had no idea why it was even a show until like a month ago. And then I binged everything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's, it's so good. Back to like juicy mind numbing. It's like the most mind numbing and juicy. Okay. I'm not doing it. I won't get sucked I in. Yeah. I know. I get sucked in. I'm still mourning it's Ted guilty. Lasso. So oh. I'm okay. That's actually next on my list. Oh, I haven't started so Ted Lasso, but it's next on my list. It's so good. My husband and I figured out that the Apple would release it at 8 p.m. Central. And so we'd watch it and then we'd walk the dogs and like break down the episode and what we felt. And then t last night we were walking the dogs. I'm like, I don't know what to talk to you about anymore. <laughs> like, there's nothing to communicate about. Like, it's over. <laughs> Jenny's ice cream came out with a Ted Lasso ice cream. Oh, I know. Fun. It has the, what are they, the biscuits or something in it? Anyways, yeah. I digress. Okay. All right. I saw it in the freezer yesterday. All right. Well, Cheyenne, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, let's give them both websites. We're going to put it on our uh, website. Where should they go? Uh, BlackHiveMedia.com. That's B-L-K-H-I-V-E Media.com or ShopDakotaRidge.com. Awesome. We'll have both of that on our notes page. Thank you so much for doing this today. Thank you. Thank you. It was so fun. I love, love it. it. All right. Cut. Thank you, Cheyenne. Uh,
Cut. 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 Cut.